Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Oh yeah, good morning, good morning, good morning. Hope everyone is having a great morning so far. I am, um... I'm ho- I was hoping to be back in the office today. I wanted to go back to the office today. I was told I have to wait basically 10 days from when I've been symptom-free. So I'm, I'm not allowed back in the office till next week, apparently, is the rule. So I'm stuck home for the rest of the week now. But um, doesn't mean I can't do the show. So here I am, and here we are. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone in the chat. Let's catch up there. Good morning, Ward Jam, Dino. Evan, Duncan, Dave, everyone, everyone, good morning, good morning, good morning. Um, Ivan Feinseth will be our guest today, 835 Tigers Financial Partners. He's their CIO. We'll get his thoughts on markets. We'll talk the Bitcoin ETF. We'll talk earnings. We'll talk about the GameStop report from the SEC last night. I read the whole thing, so you don't have to, um, but it actually was a good read. So we'll get to all that. But first, we have to get the charts up on the screen. Joel, how are we doing on this Tuesday morning? Ah, uh, well, you had a small dip yesterday. Now a dip is any time that the S&Ps are red, even by a tick. Now, we're down, we're up 2250 Uh Spent a little time beneath the close. S- snuck into the 4500 handle. 0450 is your high. Your next daily high, that's coming up at 09 and a quarter. That's your September 10th high. Crude's doing okay, too. Up 76 cents at 82.44. Challenging the high of the move from yesterday. You have silver catching a bit. Up 65 cents at 23.92. Bitcoin, that's up 755 at 62,405. Ethereum, that's up too. $37 at 3,811.50. So Triple D, uh boring after hours huh did you have it was much slow water? it was Uh-oh. really slow last night we had like a three point s&p range for the better part of three hours it was just nothing happening um a little bit of mo- more movement it's been kind of a straight up climb here overnight again by the dip wins the day yesterday i was hoping for a little bit bigger dip but i did get down and dirty uh reallocating the long-term portfolio doing a few things so what i was doing yesterday was trading in utility stocks for bank stocks um, in the on the in the Canadian side, not the U.S. side, because some of these Canadian bank stocks haven't really run that much. In the give me, give me a simple BNS. BNS. Yeah, I I bought a bunch of this in my long term retirement account yesterday. I sold what a stock called Canadian Utilities, which is a big utility company in Canada. My thought process here, obviously, this is the long term hat on, is that if inflation is sticky, I believe it is. That's not good for you know instruments investment vehicles that are just basically dividend and which is a utility stock i think the canadian utilities is like a 4.7 or 4.8 percent dividend i was like i'm not sitting around in there to just collect 4.7 percent inflationary environment i'm going to actually go over to bank of nova scotia which gives me a 4.42 percent dividend almost as nice but with the upside of participating in appreciation if interest rates do start to creep up so that was my thought process yesterday so i was doing a little bit of buying 
in the Canadian banks. I also bought a, a, a bank called Laurentian Bank, which is in Quebec. So I don't believe that's traded over here, so you won't be able to see that one. But just getting down and dirty, getting a little more exposure for if we do get into a rising interest rate environment. I think right. Laurentian, you know what? Laurentian does trade in the U.S., Dennis. Laurentian the, Bank does? The ticker is LRCDF. Yeah, whenever they have more than four symbols, then I just don't. So, yeah, LRCDF, I guess, is what I was buying. That's not so, it. I think it's got like a 5% dividend. It's got a pretty nice one, too. So, you're getting the dividend. Again, getting exposure to banks because I just feel like we're in this environment that inflation is not going to magically go away. And I do believe that eventually especially if the market continues to rise, the Fed's going to have to do something about it. John, so, John Dawson in the chat says he lo- John Dawson loves Laurentian Bank. I don't know if he's a if he works there or if he's a customer. Maybe he's or, from Quebec. There's a lot of these in Quebec, Quebec, I believe. Um, I don't know. I think they're in Ontario. I, too, I've been to the Laurentian Mountains. Where is Laurentian it, Bank headquarters? Uh, I went to a horseman's convention right. outside of Montreal, Lastrell. You ever been there? That was probably seventies or eighties. That's a long time ago. The headquarters is in Montreal. Montreal. We're getting exposure right. exposure to some French banks, but I think they're English as well. So, All right, more exposure to, to banks. All I wanted was more exposure to banks. I was trying to look at the charts and look at a few of the Canadian banks that haven't just ripped and roared. I mean, Royal Bank is really how or why is that one it's really how to run here so we never give canadian banks a lot we should there's like five of them that what about european here. banks have we been looking at theirs where's well, deutsche bank to Where, Joel. i'm gonna guess deutsche, deutsche bank is, is it 12 bucks double digits double digits is double my guess di- 13 woo it's a pretty good guess it's a pretty good guess. <laughs> yeah remember when that was going out of business that almost happened yeah <laughs> <laughs> that almost happened i remember there was being a lot of banks o- almost being in of the office that I, w- I remember in the office that day, Anthony Laverde said, this is just like how it was with Derek Stearns. And then <laughs> <laughs> um, in terms of the trading that day. Anyway. Um, OK, so I want to talk about this uh, SEC report for a minute and then we can move on. But I read the whole thing, so you don't have to. Actually, I I do think it was a pretty interesting read, even if you you know what happened in January, February, and you were there and you followed the story the entire time. It was still an interesting read, I thought. You could just skip to the last page and see the conclusions, but but if you're into this stuff, which I am, then then I, I think I think you might actually enjoy reading it. Um, a couple of takeaways that that I had, uh, or that I had from the, the that the SEC had. Number one, um, off exchange trading uh, volume is the SEC thinks that's a problem, right? They talked a lot about that, how uh, not all uh, retail order flow gets to the market. We, we know this, Dennis. You obviously have been complaining about that for, I don't know, a decade. So Yeah, I think it's 12 um, years. Yeah. Um, th- this is an interesting stat, and I can pull up a chart here in a second. Um, the increases in price coincide. This is a, uh, I'm reading now a direct quote. The increases coincide with a sharp increase in the number of individual accounts actively trading GME. Uh, by January 27th, the number of unique accounts trading GME on any given day increased from less than 10,000 at the beginning of January to nearly 900,000. Where's that chart? Let me pull it up for you. This is a chart that shows the number of active How accounts. accounts were trading it? As many as 900,000. Oh, no, in the beginning. So where did it go? come from? Oh, Say from – from it started here. So like, I don't know, what is that, like 10,000? No, less than that. Uh, wow. Yeah, to, it just to shows really... you how much this retail movement when they get on a stock, 
yeah. how much influence the retail traders have. Yeah, it, it, it's uh, it's absolutely amazing to see that chart. That's yeah, really cool. Incredible, incredible. And and yeah. and you can see. So the green is is institutions and hedge funds. So that increased, but not nearly to the extent that the retail accounts increased. So um, I, wow. I, I thought I, I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, um, that chart tells the whole story. I mean, this was the yeah. buzz. This was the hype. This is yep. you know the whole reason behind it. Yep. Um, the, the SEC point out that there are some hedge funds that lost money and other hedge funds that, that made money. So if you're thinking this was like, um, you know, the, the, the populist movement, the little guy gets it at the expense of the big guy. Well, some hedge funds made money too. So not quite like I'm that. Sure they did. Um, GameStop did not, uh, didn't, did experience some fails to deliver, but uh, not enough to indicate there was any naked short selling. So that might have some people, uh, upset. Uh, SEC thinks that clearing needs to be a lot faster. The T plus two could contribute to the problem. Um, the SEC thinks that needs to be improved. Um, the ETFs, right? XRT and 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 Gamer G A M R, which both hold GameStop and both. Um, uh, uh, and, oh, do we have a typo in our chart? Sorry, in the graphics. Sorry, guys. Uh, um, the the ETFs did a really good job. Their their spreads got wider. They traded. A little bit premium to NAV, but other than that, they did a pretty good job of handling the yeah. uh, the, the 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 increase in demand for for GameStop. And um, we know at the peak, and yeah, I talked about this on Saturday that I believe GameStop and the XRT, which is equally weighted, meaning that that adjusts. You know, they're supposed to stay equally weighted, but it only rebalances quarterly. So obviously, any movement in January, February is going to be rebalanced until March. I believe at the peak. Um, that XRT GME was almost twenty percent of XRT, up from zero point eight percent. Yeah, something like That's that. That's just incredible. Yep. Um, as the month went on, an increasing percentage of volume in GameStop actually, like the the percentage of of GameStop trading that happened off exchange, is higher than the SEC thinks it should be. But as the month went on, that percentage actually went down. Because nobody wanted to take the yeah, risk. Yeah, they were, they were right? shipping it. Right, exactly. So here, here's a chart that actually shows short. Say that again from the beginning. So the the, uh, the amount of GameStop trading volume that happened yeah. off exchange is, yeah. is higher than the, where the than the SEC wants it to be. So yeah. uh, on January 21st, GameStop opened at 39 and closed at 43. So nothing really crazy there. 62% of that day's dollar volume was executed off exchange. That was on the 21st. Okay. okay. On the 28th, a week later, when GameStop opened at 265 and went to 193, so like this is like peak craziness, right? Yeah. Um, uh, it read the percentage of GameStop dollar volume that trade off exchange got below down to 32 percent. Yeah, right, because nobody Citadel and all that they didn't want. And well, point. Citadel was actually they said they kept making markets. They may be one of the few, right. but it, you got to think as a market maker, you're trying to make the spread. And when it starts to get just nutty and you see Crazy. things just lifting like yep. that, you Ship know, it. it's the same thing as when we had the flash crash where I was like, oh, and all of a sudden the off-exchange market makers don't want to make markets because there's too much risk. So literally you got to a situation where GameStop was rising so quickly, you probably had a lot of off-exchange market makers saying, no, nah, we're not going to trade that. I mean, that's been I, my argument all yep. along with off-exchange market making is that, they provide ample liquidity 99.9% of the time. <laughs> but during times of you know price 
uh, you know, when, when prices are really going crazy or prices are falling drastically, they can just stop making markets. Now, as apparently Citadel did not, at least what Ken Griffin said, obviously. So maybe they were the 32% that kept making markets, but maybe. there was probably a few off-exchange market makers that said, we're yeah, just not going to make markets in GameStop today. Yep, yep. Uh, you want to see the, the short interest in GameStop actually like charted out? I thought this is interesting. T- take, take a look at that drop. So this is when the short interest was over 100%, right? End of January. And then, boom, come crashing back down to earth uh, in February. Which I thought was interesting. Okay, some high-level conclusions here from the report, and then uh, we'll. So we'll, short we'll... interest actually fell dramatically. Yes, that's what that chart is showing. Yeah, yeah, and that makes sense too because you got yep. firms like Citadel or like not like Citron, Andrew yep. Lefts, you know, who were short on fundamentals, saying, "Well, this is disconnected from fundamentals completely, so I'm just not going to participate in this." Yep, and this is my argument too. Um, I just want to say one more thing. Go ahead. Go ahead. Finish your thoughts. And I got. Yeah. So conclusions from from the report. Uh, There was there was four. um, Essentially, the forces that can cause a firm to restrict trading are complicated and there's not any one reason. Um, uh, Consideration should be given to whether game-like features and celebratory animations that are likely intended to create positive feedback from trading lead investors to trade more than they would otherwise. In addition, payment for order flow and the incentives it creates may cause broker-dealers to find novel ways to increase customer trading. This is nothing new here, right? Including through the use of digital engagement. Yeah, there's nothing new there. Um, Trading in dark pools and through wholesalers, the SEC, like I said, thinks it's too high. Right, much of the retail order flow in GME was purchased by wholesalers and executed off exchange. Such trading interest is less visible visible to the wider market and may raise questions about execution quality investors receive. We know this, um, and those were kind of the big takeaways. So, nothing really new, but like I said, if you're into this kind of stuff, it was a good read. Um, were there did you read the footnotes? Oh, no. Half the report was footnotes. <laughs> I guess I should. Well, have. no, because I like stuff that we said like six, eight months ago. I mean, this is like repeating a lot of the stuff that we said yeah, when we had yeah. people on and we had uh, Bill Hartz on and we had different people to talk about market structure. Dennis has been writing about this stuff for a decade. So um, good job by the SEC. I don't see what, you know, I think that the biggest thing that came out of it, you know, you talk about these stocks running, you know, whatever meme stocks, it brought a whole new uh, group of investors to the market and what they're trading and what they're doing is their choice. And is their money? We did have some people um, in the, uh, um, in our class on Saturday that said, Hey, they, they had a great run in those stocks and they gave it all back. And now that, you know, cause they're waiting for that to happen again. They're waiting for that to happen again. It may happen again. Just the probability is a little bit less than, you know, doing, you know, other ways to trade. This has happened in other stocks. Like this is not the first time. I mean, we went, you know, all out because GameStop. But this happens when newer companies come and the buzz happens. Bring up Tilray. I mean, this has happened before. Tilray, this happened. This is what Tilray did. Bring it up. Bring up the chart and go back to it. Did they even do it after... Go ahead. I, oh, they have the Afria, so I'm not sure what after the merger. Yeah. But my chart still shows it. Twenty yeah, okay. stock went from twenty dollars to three hundred dollars in the yeah. matter of about a week and a half. This stuff does occur, so it is not out of the realm of possibilities that you can get 
just these crazy moves. And do you want to know the main reason behind these crazy moves? And this is not even speculation. This is just, you know, common sense. It's the lack of shorting that is behind these crazy moves combined with increased demand. It's right back to, you know, what Tim would say too on his stuff. You have, who, who, you got to ask yourself a question as a fundamental trader and you're seeing price completely disconnect. Think about Andrew Left, who shorted GameStop, Citron, shorted yeah. GameStop at 40. At 80, he said, I'm out. It doesn't make sense anymore. So you have all the fundamental traders that would normally short, you know, Chanos, you know, maybe he stays short on some stuff. <laughs> but you have a lot of fundamental traders that are like, okay, this is too disconnected. I can't short. So now you lose all that supply. You have increased demand from the huge buzz. Combine those two and you get this rocket ship mode that happens. We see this happen when stocks get hard to locate and the shorts can't keep the prices in line. Because shorts provide a very valuable service to the market. They keep prices in check. So, yes, it probably did start as a bit of a short squeeze. And then the shorts, with that chart that you showed, Spencer, the short volume dropped dramatically because, one, whoever was short, it got the hell out and probably took a big loss earlier. And then, two, no new shorts were coming in. I mean, Bright Trading, our company, actually came out and didn't allow you to short that stock. Like, even though we could find a locate, they made an wow. internal rule that none of our traders were allowed to short that stock for about three weeks. Wow. Because because of the risk. we You know, you could, didn't know where it was going to go, and they didn't want a trader blowing out. So we just banned that stock. And break trading is rare to do that. But because the risk was so high, the firm had a discussion actually banned trading in that stock. Wow. So, so that's what you have to understand is... It's all supply and demand, right back to what Tim always talks about on Monday. We've got supply and we have demand. When demand increases substantially and you don't have the supply, and the supply, obviously, we even know off-exchange market makers from your stats weren't, some of them weren't willing to provide liquidity on the short side. And you have no fundamental traders providing liquidity on the short side. You have very few shares that are willing to sell, and everybody thinks it's going to the moon, and that's why the drastic rise happens. Shorts keep price in check. That doesn't fit the narrative of what everybody wants to hear, but that's the reality of how the markets really work. Because we see this in in some cases where all of a sudden, like the Viacom, remember the VIA, Joel? It explodes away from VIAC and everybody's like, what's going on? Well, there's no shorts. Nobody can locate, so there's no ARBs to keep the prices in check. So if you can't get the locate, you can't borrow the stock, you can't, you know, and if you do do naked shorting, it is illegal. And you will be fined as a prop trader and possibly worse. You'll lose your license or even go to jail. There are stiff fines. Is there firm still doing naked shorting? Apparently, there is a few still. But it's on the radar. I mean, I, I can tell you, you have to be very careful if you're a professional trader and you're doing naked short selling because your broker's looking for it. The regulators are looking for it. There's a lot of people looking for it. Does it still exist in some smaller firms that maybe don't have good compliance? Possibly. Um, you know, but I'm not going to speculate on what's happening in other firms. I'm just saying in some of these instances, when you see these crazy moves higher, it's actually the people who are not willing to provide liquidity on the sell side, either selling their longs or shorting the stock that contribute to the high rise because the demand and supply is way out of whack. Uh, have they ever banned another stock, uh, uh, before it, right? right? Yeah, uh, yeah, we've had it from time to time, but um, not not. I don't remember in a long time that and all I, of a sudden you, we have a memo out to our traders you can't trade that stock. You know what? And and, that, also- and, the, and the reason for that is we don't want one trader getting involved when stocks are moving around 
and going crazy and disconnected from fundamentals to 100 to 300 and everybody's, you know, and the buzz is going on. I think it was only on the short side too. Joel, I, I don't know if it was banned. I don't think it was banned altogether. Maybe it was. I can't even remember now. My goldfish memory, but... Sometimes I just want to make just one other comment. Be too, careful when you're running a firm, you know, that yeah. you don't want your traders blown One person out. bring it down. Also, being a market maker, okay? Yeah, Joel was a market like, maker, I mean, so take you're it getting back. run over with buyers, okay? Yeah. And you're, you're just not – I mean, eventually, you're saying, okay, man, you can't, you can't beat them, join them. And if you don't think that some of these hedge funds and these market makers made a ton on the long side, too. Well, they did. I mean, it's there. It's airport. You know, you're getting buyers at ten thousand. Buyers at ten thousand. Buyers, you know, all of a sudden you short fifty thousand. You get another buyer for fifty thousand. I mean, there is a point where you know the market makers do that. So, yeah, uh, they they made some money on the long side. And then when it gets then in the middle of the day when it's just at you know it's just moving two, three, four bucks at a time, they're like on the bid and they're offering. They're taking that retail. They're going bing, 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 bing. And printing money, so a lot of dynamics there. I don't know really what's going to come out of this, but um, it's I guess it's interesting to discuss. Spencer, yeah. I'll give you kudos for reading that whole thing. I don't, well, Dennis, well, like, you haven't read it yet, have uh, you? And and you know what, Spencer just read it for us and gave us the outline. I've got a feel for it, so I probably won't read it. <laughs> We're gonna now. cheat. We're gonna sit next there, to Spencer there, yeah. in class. There really yeah, Spencer, wasn't. Spencer there really wasn't a lot of footnotes from it. There really wasn't a lot new. Someone in the chat was asking about like uh, Robinhood specifically. The SEC didn't say anything that Robinhood didn't already say with regards to why they restricted the buying. And someone asked about the short interest on in GameStop. I'm seeing 12%, so that's not insane or anything like that. Uh, that's relatively normal for GameStop, actually. Um, so the SEC, it, it, it didn't say anything really that new. It was just interesting to get some color on the situation. That's all I'll say. Uh, the SEC agrees with Dennis, this, apparently, that um, you know the market is too decentralized. And, Did you read and, the bibliography? No, I, like I said, <laughs> half, the, the report is 45-page report. Half of it wow. was footnotes, so I, I skipped all the footnotes. So I guess We're leaking here. Do we have any? Yeah. I mean, I don't want to say we're leaking because, yeah. I mean, because we we're, we're, eight po- points. Yeah, we're eight points <laughs> off the high. Dennis will yell at me. Yeah. We, we're down. We're down eight points off the high. We got up to oh four fifty. So that's a decent right. number. Now we backed off eight points. I'm not sure but, what the reason is. I, I don't know. Let's move on here. Bitcoin ETF uh, opens today. Pro shares Bitcoin strategy ETF. B I T O is your ticker. Your NAV, your net asset value is forty dollars. So that's kind of someone you know. Uh, you know, someone happens to ask where's it? Uh, where's it going to open? Probably somewhere around forty. Uh, probably a little bit higher than that because it's going to be open at a premium, I would I would assume. But somewhere, in theory, it should trade around $40. That's what, what do you think the volume is going to be today? That's Oh, you want, you, want, you want to make a bet on that? I, just, I think it's going to be huge. Probably, I think it's yeah. going to be big. I, I, I mean, because like, I so, so, okay. People were asking, like, who is, the, who is this for? Who is this Bitcoin futures ETF for? If you already trade Bitcoin, if you already have Bitcoin, if you already have a wallet, Coinbase account, whatever, this is not for you. I mean, you can do it. You can buy it. You can trade it. But it's not for – you're not the target audience. The target audience here is anyone who does not know or does not care to know to how to open a, like a Coinbase account or get a, get a crypto wallet or even trade futures for that matter. This is the simplest way to – get cryptocurrency exposure aside from owning a mining stock right amara or a riot this is the uh, other than that this is the easiest way to get direct bitcoin exposure and not even that you're getting exposure to bitcoin futures it's kind of 
one one degree removed. But um, I'm with you, Joel. I think this is going to trade serious, serious yeah. volume today. I don't know how much. It's, it's, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's a new thing. I mean, I'm sure people are going to be. Uh, I mean, maybe they'll give it a day to shake out or something. And it, it and the arbs are going to be in there with, uh, you know, with um, the futures and cash. I mean, the thing to me is that the beauty of the the Bitcoin market it's it's a 24 hour market, 24 yeah. seven. There's you know no nice. gaps, right? Yeah. I mean, it closes at mid. I mean that that is. That's a big difference. How's Coinbase doing? This is, That's I guess, this long. would be. Would, that, would this be? Yeah, but this really wouldn't be good for Coinbase, would it? Um, I talked to somebody that because you bring trading onto the exchange, as maybe to having That's to go a, through Coinbase. Yeah, I, I guess know. not. I, I, I kind of agree with you, Joel. It's been yeah. motoring. I mean, Coinbase is because of Bitcoin. I mean, these obviously are Bitcoin-related instruments. If you bring up any of these things, going to move with the price of Bitcoin. So, you know, Bitcoin rally coinciding nicely, obviously, with the big move in Coinbase. You can bring them all up. Riot blockchain obviously had a rating, but it's moved up, you know, the last couple Riot of days. Has Mara a, has been, he's been Riot's the laggard. laggard. Yep. Riot's been the laggard. I'm not sure why. I don't follow the stock closely enough, but it's definitely lagged. No, no, you I know, and then there's MSTR, all these Bitcoin stocks. My that's, a, that's like an ETF. We got our buddy. I own Hive. Um, that's obviously our buddy who got the Jets ETF, Frank Holmes, who I just like Frank Holmes. And I wanted to have some exposure to crypto mining. I believe Frank is one of the smartest okay. people in the business. So that's why I put Hive in my Hold long-term on. portfolio. Yeah, I'm a hodling. I'm a hodling hive. I've been in it for a while. I've actually been all over the place in this. I'm averaged in Canadian dollars, but it's around 250 US. I was up to 350 quickly. I was like, oh, Frank's my hero. And then I was down to 250. I was like, oh, Frank. That's probably got 350. I'm feeling good again. So, anyways, trying not to look at it, trying to hodl it, hodling hive just for Frank. I might be, it might, and that's speculative capital only. Someone in the chat asked, uh, "How is so BITO is your ticker?" They asked how that's different from the Grayscale, the GBTC. Uh, they're different, like their legal, their regulatory structure is different. GBTC is technically a trust. It also doesn't trade on exchanges. So if you if you use a broker like Robinhood, for example, that doesn't let you buy securities that don't trade on the Nasdaq of NYSE, you can't get the GBTC on Robinhood. You um, also the GBTC holds physical bitcoin in cold storage this etf does not actually hold any bitcoin it only holds bitcoin futures contracts that mirror the price of the the movements of the bitcoin market but um it's just a different regulatory thing it's a different vehicle and like i said the point here is to open the doors to you know your average investor who does not know or want to know how doesn't know anything about wallets doesn't care but just want some Bitcoin in their 401k maybe, or right. You know what I mean? That, I wonder if the premium, I mean, look at that thing. Look at, look at GBTC. I mean, it, it, yeah. it had that huge premium the entire time and it's yep. still just trying to work that out. Look at it. Uh, what's the old time highness? What? 56, 57. And it's the, at, the, what, the, 46. The, the, the spreader has not come in. That's, that's interesting. That. That is we got to get Michael. We got to. Can we send uh, an yeah, yeah, email we, to Michael Sunshine? Yeah, we, we, He's we always great to talk to. We can get Michael this. And, uh, and let's uh, let's start the um, uh, try and get Yusko on again. We can do that. Yeah, yeah, we, we can do that for sure. We can do that for sure. So, do um, you want to talk stocks here for a few minutes? Yeah, yeah. yeah we can go. talk some stocks. I tried to bring it to stocks. We can talk stocks. Spencer's a producer. Spencer, where's that little thing on the side that says we're supposed to what we're supposed to do here? We're, we, we can talk. You want, Tuesday earnings is next on the list. We can do it. Let's talk okay, earnings. Let's go.
We got Procter and Gamble. We got Johnson Johnson. Uh, let's start with PNG. That's more interesting to me than than the Jane. They say thing. anything about supply chain problems? Find out. Their earnings per share beat. Their sales beat. They maintained. Hey, actually, maintaining guidance is pretty good in this environment. I think you, so for consumer stocks. Yeah, consumer product stock. Um, you because you just don't know. Um, they announced price increases across their. But we beauty. don't have inflation. We only yeah. running two percent. Yeah. yeah. Increase on beauty, oral care, grooming products. I guess there's three things, maybe. Hopefully just three yeah. things. That's what it says in the pro. That's what the says. guy they had on CNBC was pretty good with the questions. I mean, it, like you could tell like they had the prompter up and then like they, they would ask the question and then they stuck the answer up there. And what he said was, well, yeah, it's it's wait, good. Wait, you wait, know? wait, wait, wait. What? Did you, did you just no. say that? They put his answer up on a teleprompter? No, what? no, no. Just the way he was like, you could just tell like when people are like giving answers to stuff, whether oh. it's like coming from their heart, oh. you know, I'm just speculating here. Okay. Anyways, he said the bright side is, well, yeah, higher prices, you know, and maybe live, but that means demand is strong and demand is strong and that's good. So that was the argument. He said there were some supply chain, you know, issues and stuff, but it was just a, a signal of strong demand and strong demand is wait, good. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I said that a couple of the other week, I think last week I said, it's everyone is going to say, Oh yes, price is going up in inflation because we have strong high demand and, and we're not going to know. There's going to be no way for us to know whether that's true or not. Right. Like we're only going to know in like a six months or a year who is actually lying about the demand increases and who is strong demand and who is not. We, we, everyone's going to say the same thing. Yes, yes, yes. Demand is strong. It's why we're raising our prices. But we, we're not going to know. We don't know. Just under 139 is a pair of lows. That's all I'm going to give you from a technical uh, standpoint here. Going back, I mean, I don't even know if you're going to get there. 138.67 splits a pair of lows from October 5th, October 6th. All right, let's go to the Jane. What's the bottom of yesterday's range? 142.10, if you're trying to wiggle out. I don't want to own consumer staple stocks in this environment. Same thing right. as utilities. It's just, you know, there's so many reasons not to own these things. If if you think inflation's going away, maybe, you know, you do want to own this stuff. I don't think inflation's going away. Johnson Johnson, earnings per share beat, sales beat, and a guidance raise, uh, an EPS and a sales guidance raise for the entire fiscal year here. Um, and that comes out of on- favor, out of favor, out of favor. It comes on the backs of they're getting their uh, booster shot approved and. The FDA is apparently going to announce that you don't need to get the same booster as your vaccine. Drug um, stocks are all hated right now. And then it, Johnson Johnson's like the drug consumer staples combo. Yeah, <laughs> so that's true. That's it, true. It is. And, you know, this chart is, you know, got a lot of people who are caught in the last couple of weeks. I don't want to own this one either. There's just, you know, it, if you're, it, and it all depends on your views on inflation. I mean, we've been talking about inflation for a bit, and maybe we get to a point where inflation starts to cool off, and then some of these stocks will become a lot more attractive. So, but right now, I just don't see, you know, cooling off really anywhere. I see everybody using it as an excuse for everything. So, just to jack prices on you, and we've got Procter Gamble raising prices on a bunch of stuff today. So, I, I these are the types of stocks that don't work well in an inflationary environment. They are oversold, though. We'll give them that. It's a very good point you make, Dennis, because Johnson Johnson, we always talk about it within the context of drugs, but they do so oh, much more yeah. than drugs. They do they, they're they're staples. They 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 do shampoo and things like that. So all kinds of stuff. All kinds of stuff. 
Um, it's a great company. It's yeah, a great company. And if it got down to like the 140 area, I'd probably get down and dirty just because at wow. a certain point in time, it's cheap enough. But I, I don't think you need to chase this one. Trading range, 158 to 162. You're just about in the middle here. Trivia question for Joel. Where is Johnson Johnson headquartered? Now you know how it feels. <laughs> New Jersey. Yes, New Brunswick, New Jersey. What nice, Spencer. One town over from where, from where I grew up. Nice. I, I only know the Michigan. You know every time I say that, it's a, how's Lazy Boy doing in this inflation? I haven't checked Lazy Boy in a while. But let me know. see. All right, side tangent there. Okay, what else do we have for earnings? Well, yeah, uh, yeah like Halliburton, if you want to go there. We're going to have Ivan Francis on in a second. Halliburton. Yeah, Ooh, know, Halliburton. Yeah, what's the chart doing? I didn't look today. Oh, this is interesting because um, I'm, well, the reason I say interesting, I'm looking at the bottom right chart here. I'm looking at the monthlies, uh, pair of monthly highs at uh, just over 25. Uh, this was pre-pandemic, 25. Let's call it 25 and a half. You broke above that. I mean, it's taking its sweet old time following it, but it breakout on the monthly holds 25 and a half. I see more upside, Halliburton. Wow, Halliburton almost at 30. Anyway. Can you, can you yeah. believe that? No, I mean, no, I can't. Jeez, don't tell don't tell people that own Halliburton that oil uh, you know, moved uh 80 bucks, 70 bucks off the low. Yeah. It's come it's come back a long way from yeah. those though. But I mean, if you go out to the monthly on Halliburton, the seventy dollars we got back to in twenty fourteen seems like a pipe dream at this point in time. All right. It is eight thirty five. Let's bring on today's guest, Ivan Feinseth. Partner and Chief Investment Officer at Tigris Financial Partners. Ivan, good morning, sir. Oh, wait, you're on mute. Unmute that mic there. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. There we go. Good morning, Sorry. sir. How are you? Good. How are we doing today? Very good. Always happy to be here with you guys. Always happy to have you on. Ivan, what is on your – what is top of mind for you right now? Are you all about the earnings? or? Is, oh, yeah, because, you know, else? August, September, there were no earnings. There were no stock catalysts. So all the market did was focus on uh, the Fed, maybe tapering, inflation, the dysfunction in Washington, there was nothing to go on and the market was just drifting lower. And I said, as soon as the earnings start, and I believe this is going to be an incredible earnings season, that uh, the market will turn around and I'm still expecting a strong rally into year end. I still maintain my 4,600 to 4,650 year end price target on the S&P 500. 
and I think we will more than get there. And the most exciting thing yesterday about Apple's event to me was not the incredible MacBook Pro and Mac that they introduced or even these new AirPods, but the fact that these things were announced yesterday, they're taking orders today, they will be available next week, which goes to, again, negate all of these people out there who try to call out Apple to say, oh, uh, iPhone sales are not going to be what they were, that uh, they're going to be impacted by chip shortages. Apple obviously said yesterday, in between the lines, there's no shortage problem. If they're launching new products ahead of the holiday season, then they have to believe that there will be you know, more than enough supply. And I still say that Apple will have a record holiday quarter, December quarter. Uh, I think that they will beat last year's record of $111.5 billion by at least 15%, if not 20% this quarter. So why are you all so optimistic on earnings? You just think uh, it's just all this pent-up demand? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I, because I, I was an optimistic glass half full. He's been optimistic since always, 1929. Always, always, by the way, I know no successful and no wealthy pessimists. <laughs> to me, it's just a fact. But uh, I like uh, the fact that you cannot manufacture demand, but you can always manufacture more supply. And so many CEOs... Uh, Frank Del Rio, the CEO of Norwegian Cruise Lines, has said on a number of conference calls, he said, I worry about a lot of things. Demand is not one of them. Now, think about that. It's powerful. So the consumer is flush. We are near record in, you know, low unemployment at 4.8%. Wages are up. Consumer balance sheets are strong. There's pent-up demand to travel and purchase and get out and do things. And that is a phenomenal backdrop. And if all that's holding back is supply, which I, I don't really know if that's as bad. I mean, I think, unfortunately, companies that may miss earnings may point to supply chain as the, for the blame. If they may not have strong, you know, not every company, unfortunately, has strong demand. We know Apple certainly does. The cruise industry is experiencing strong. The travel industry is. Um, and a lot of things are. But. Again, not okay. everybody can. All right, we're, we're getting too positive, and it's making me sick. Yeah, what don't you like? What Thank don't you, you like, That was, was going to be my question. Let's <laughs> so, get to go up less than everything else, Ivan. All right. Well, uh, I've liked Albertsons, and they've done a great job. I downgraded the stock at $28 from a buy to a hold because it hit my price target, and they had a great quarter. They're doing well. The CEO is good, doing a good job. They raised the dividend, which is always a positive. However... The valuation is kind of stretched. It's still just a grocery store chain. And I think both consumer yeah, focus Kroger's. will shift from at-home dining to outside dining once it outdoor, you know, I mean, um, in restaurant dining, as well as spending money on other things. And I also do believe we're going to see a record holiday season. What's okay. the symbol on that? That's, a, that's ACI. 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 Yeah, I know the other one was uh, – What's that propane company that uh, we talked about a long time ago? I think Raz mentioned it. That uh, uh, the propane gas company. Uh, yeah, I, I, for the I, outside because I, I know I'm looking. I, my, oh, my, the one, oh, oh, there's well, you know that. Uh, let's see, there's the company that makes those is going public. Um, the outdoor stoves and the uh, the lamp, but again, those are kind of niche things. Yes, when restaurants open, you know, restaurants were saved by delivery and outdoor dining and takeout and certainly as it got colder especially in you know areas where it gets colder in the fall they bought these uh like these 
stand up heaters. So they yeah, could maybe maybe SPH Joel SPH maybe. Uh, uh, I think it is. Try SPH. Yeah, but those that? are kind of fads and trends to me. Yeah, I, I want companies with long term, okay, stable growth that have unique market niches that are defendable, and uh, strong brand equity, and unique attributes that drive customer loyalty and customer demand. Okay, so customer we, found, demand customer we found something that Ivan is not jumping up and down for in grocery stores. But other Kroger than- doesn't look good here. Kroger? We're, I mean, we're... it's sold off. I mean, it's yeah. really gotten here. Well, but my favorite Staples retailer is Costco. Okay. Costco. And okay. because they shifted, by the way, when consumers needed Staples, they went to Costco. And Costco sells a, a, a lot of discretionary purchases as well. And um, look, they're noted for selling a $65,000 uh, collectible baseball in bat. And... Uh, a $200,000 diamond. And uh, so you never know what you're going to find at Costco, what? which is part of their uh, unique shopping experience. Wait, what? Which, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. They, they sold a collectible baseball and bat for each like 60 or 65,000. Uh, they have diamonds. They have, um, they've had fancy watches, uh, Rolex. And I, actually, I remember seeing a story. Time. I remember seeing a story like, 10 or 15 years ago and they i think it was like 60 minutes or something and they, they just like maybe it wasn't but they just compared the diamonds at costco to the diamonds at like some fancy jeweler and they took it to some expert and they didn't tell him what was what and he was like yeah these costco these diamonds from costco are pretty good actually well but but diamonds you know have their grading and category yeah, yeah. And, uh, somewhat yeah. are they're not man-made so okay they come from nature if you will it's so true. there's the one thing you won't find at costco <laughs> There's one thing uh, you won't find at Costco, and that's the uh, onion grinder to put. You know, they used to have that thing up on the wall for your hot dogs because of COVID. Okay. They got oh, rid of that, but that was no, pretty the good. onion. Yes, they just said they brought back relish and that onion oh. thing. Yes, Joel, you got to go to Costco. Joel, I'll see you there on Road Saturday. <laughs> it is back. I mean, it was Kinda sad. When they, you know, because of the pandemic, they got rid of the the uh, food court. They got rid of sampling, and then when they came back and they had people. <laughs> who normally did the sampling, having displays. And I said, you know, this is sampling without sampling. <laughs> All right. But okay. They, okay. they have in a post, you, you know that we are in a post-pandemic world when Costco brings back sampling. Okay, Ivan, I, I understand that you are bullish. Can you give me some one scenario, something that would have to happen for any for your S&P year-end target or for your estimations for earnings for that not to happen? What would have to happen? Oh, there's, a, there's some, you know, we're in October, Halloween is coming, and there's some scary things out there. And the number one thing that scares me is is oil, okay? Um, you know, the uh, friends from California send me uh, pictures of gas stations showing that gasoline is 5 6 and in some cases $7 a gallon. I mean, that could derail uh, on a number of cases. Um, wow. Unfortunately, we, we were a few years back in awash in oil, and President Biden cut back pipelines, cut back production, and it's caused a, a rise in oil prices. And the other thing is it's not only high prices because, you know, consumers, while they don't like paying for gasoline, as long as it's available, it's okay. And then you add to that shortages. And we've heard that there could be natural gas shortages in Europe and that China is going to 
start to have to ration energy, and that could be further disruption to supply chains. Um, already, uh, what caused the weakness in the market when we started this week uh, yesterday morning was the fact that China GDP came in at 4.9, not the 5.3 expected, and they were supposedly energy issues. So, I mean, energy is important. And I think it's a long time coming until we get to electric cars, but it's exciting about the number of electric car choices that we will have available by this time next year. But energy is a scary thing. All right. Well, we, we'll have to get Ivan back on when we're the next time that we feel like downright terrified about the market. So we get Ivan back on and reassures that everything will be okay and then everything is fine and we're going to new highs by the end of the year. Because you, you, you're, you are you are nothing if not consistent, Ivan. I can't remember ever you becoming on a show and being anything other than bullish. And, hey, you've been mostly right. So Thank so you. it's paid Perkins to be. Glass. He's been all right. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, you're right. He's been all right. It, you know, <laughs> glass, glass half full. And, and hey, it, it, it works. So uh, Ivan Fine, uh, CIO at Tigris Financial Partners. Ivan, a pleasure as always, sir. Thanks a lot. Always great to be here. Thanks for having right. me on. All Thanks, right. Ivan. He's always so positive. It kind of makes better. me sick in a way. You yeah, know what I mean? I feel better. <laughs> kind of makes me sick. You've been positive too, and you've been right here. No, yourself. Yes, Spencer. I'm Spencer. A hundred S and P points ago, you're like we're going to make new all time highs by the end. No, of the year. yeah, but right too. yeah, but there's a difference between like thinking that like the stock market is going to make a new all time high and just being a generally positive person. I'm generally a pessimistic person. Yeah, I am too. I need like. To <laughs> People tell me that in the chat all the time. Like, okay, j- j- I have one bullish call out there, but I, j- in the rest of my life, I'm pessimistic. Okay, yeah, so, me too. So, so, kind of, we need we need but, to we need to be surrounded by more optimistic people. I've always been told I'm too negative. I've always yeah. been. J- oh, Jason, me, Jason tells me all the time I'm too I'm a too negative. It's a, it's a, Spencer. It's not no. It's just your you, you know people have different personality traits. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. And, yeah. So, yep. You're right. Anyway, anyway okay. What else do we have today? I saw the yeah. Someone mentioned Merck in the chat. I saw the Merck headline, right? That there was a, a group affiliated with the the World Health Organization that's going to buy the, those the COVID pill. Trying to fill that gap. Sell it. I'm I'm <laughs> long it. Completely talking against my buck, and obviously it's not investment advice because I'm holding it long term. But as a trade, two point rally in Merck been going down i think it's a selling opportunity for you traders out there i'm holding my merc yeah still holding the stock that i bought a decade ago you guys want uh you guys want a level of levels in this one uh your pre-market high 79.74 if you don't think the two the, the folks that were selling at 79.66 and 67 on october 13th and 14th weren't palms out at that level uh, let's see if we get back up there. Uh, but that looks like great resistance today. Already starting to leak about 60 cents. Do you, do you want to talk Macy's for a second here? Uh, Joel and yes. I discussed this at the close, but Dennis, we didn't get your thoughts on, on, on the Macy's. Um, report oh, that wow. they're going to IPO their Saks Fifth Avenue business, which is at this point basically entirely e-commerce. Um, and I, that was a headline yesterday. Look at, and look that's at that. what drives the price like wow. this. I mean, this investors just want a story. Saks Fifth Avenue, which, you know, obviously was traded at one time and SKS. basically it didn't make it. Now they're going to bring it back. Um, I, I find it hard to get that excited about this story. I think it's another selling opportunity. But again, 
we know my strategy buy the rips or buy the dips sell the reps this is a hell of a rip maybe it has continuation here maybe when it actually does spin it off maybe there's another bump but wow i can't believe they tacked on that much for that news yeah i think with the the kind of move that it had and also on a historical basis you got to put a lot of emphasis on the close 28 and a quarter and that high 28.41 now being down 60 cents i'm sure like, oh if i could just get out at the mark so right there probably a mound of paper at 28.50 as well we haven't been up here since what 2019 wow 3190 26.48 we already took that out. Thirty-one ninety-nine. Your January two thousand nineteen high. For those wondering, there are thirteen. I didn't realize there is. I'm oh, sorry, fifteen Saks Fifth Avenue locations where you can actually rock up to the store and do some shopping. There's still some stores out there. There's, still there's not the one in uh, Somerset anymore, is there? No. Wait. There no, there's there, there's one in Troy, Joel. Well, that's Somerset. Okay. Fine. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Uh, All right. It's ticker time here. Drop your questions in the chat. We will take a look at what you're looking at. Um, What did we miss here this morning? We didn't even talk Alibaba and their new chip. We can do that. We got a new chip to compete with Microsoft and uh, and Amazon uh, e-commerce. Got in the pop. Got the 178, 170, 150. All those highs at 170. Let's see. Old resistance, Bob, new support. Yeah. And Baba, you know, was massively oversold. We obviously got lucky calling the bottom on this one. Um, I'm still long it in the long-term account. This consolidation after a big move is usually to go higher. So I wouldn't be surprised if Baba could see actually one through that 180. It'll be tougher, 185. Not today, but I think the path of least resistance is still higher for Alibaba. Still long in the long-term portfolio. Well, we got to take our swine now. Um, so, so, you know, someone asked, we get asked every day about this pay safe. Yeah, we do. We should talk at It's PSFE. Well, you know what? I mean, we're combing the ditches, looking for stocks that haven't gone yet. It's been a storied stock that the story has gone ice cold. The trend is absolutely horrible, so not much to like above that. But if it got above 807, maybe it gets a little bit more just uh, everything, you know, rising tide lifts all ships type trade. Um, There's a lot better looking charts out there. The trend is still clearly down, not even broken that downtrend. Above $8, it gets more interesting. About Neo, I haven't NIO. looked at it in a long Look time. Look at that one for a minute. Oh, nice, nice, nice move yesterday. Um, yeah. so now you, you start to think, okay, can we break this downtrend. Did you call money, Mitch? Mitch. Did Mitch. you call for Mitch? Guys, listen. At the end of pre-market prep yesterday, yes, that's I right. Mitch did say this. You, I, I, I can confirm. Yes, I was there. Different areas to look at. Department stores, auto, specialty realtors, trucking, diversified industrials, and railroads. In, in fairness, you mentioned Neo for like three. It was like two seconds at the end, I think. So I, that's why I. I, I Anyways, nice call, Mitch. Yeah. Um, I kind I would be a buyer pullbacks, not buying ninety cent rip and a three dollar rip yesterday, but on pullbacks here, interesting long term. You know, I'm talking from trading perspective. Long term, I still think there's too many EV companies, but short term, starting to look perky, starting to look a little more life there. I kind of like it. What else we got? Can we please discuss Fastly? Okay, FSLY. Holy. 
Well, this is I don't, a, I don't R- know what to say. R A G says he's in from thirty nine. Well, that's good. Yeah. It, it, it's starting to trend higher. It needs to like it's it's run into resistance. I put a double top in the last couple of days. Same area. It needs to get above there. So we need this thing above forty six, and then you can start thinking about fifty. Right now, my concern would be the little double top that we put in from the last two days. I don't want to see that hold on a third day. So today is a very important day for it. It needs to take up the two highs from the previous two days, and then it can resume its trend upwards. There is room to 50, but, you know, it's kind of when going up here and you're starting to get into a little resistance area in this 45, 46 area. I'm trying to look at some tickers we don't talk about a lot, as contrary as that sounds. Um, what about – we haven't talked Wayfair in, in a little bit. Maybe the other week we did, a couple weeks ago, W. How is W doing? Hmm. It's got the Zoom. It's got the Peloton problem where, you know, we're looking at reopening and it's been a, one of those that benefited, obviously, from stay at home. You know, on the Saturday, I talked about the Zoom Peloton, obviously, underperforming because they're the stay at home stocks. Wayfair is a stay at home stock as well. So it has, you know, been hit from that. With that being said, it's come off, you know, quite significantly. It is a storied stock. Um, so and it is a little bit oversold. I, I, I still have trouble buying it here one because the trend is down and two because it's a stay-at-home play hey i want to make a quick public service announcement um if you are planning on flying somewhere this holiday season you need to book your flights yesterday i'm just putting that out there because i was doing some flight stuff last night but i think i'm gonna fly to new jersey for thanksgiving which is only say five weeks away now uh and it was a insanity insanity so if you're flying somewhere for the rest of the year do your flight booking now the prices are through the maybe it was just really? in new york but flight prices were through the roof through the roof okay you heard it here just announces definitely i don't know if he's talking to me or not but um you heard it here first or maybe not first but do it get that done if you're flying cause... i could get talked in some airlines i've hated the airlines for a long time here even the cruise lines but you start thinking you know you do have holidays coming you do have people who might anticipate this we do have a little bit of a reopening feel happening at least in the economy um like i don't know where the covid numbers i used to look at them daily and i don't even look at them monthly anymore um you know, I think the fear of COVID has, you know, it's definitely it's not as much as it was before. Could the cruise lines, which have been selling off, eventually get some life here? Could some of these airlines, Joel, that have been selling off? I mean, Southwest is straight down for a week and a half. Is it gotten to a point now where it's oversold? Not talking long-term portfolio, but just as trades. You know, can there be a bounce here eventually in some of this stuff? Asking you, Joel. Joel, you're on mute. Is that why we haven't heard Joel for 10 I, minutes? I, I, I thought wait, Joel left the show. Wait a minute. Wait I'm a like, minute. I thought we were doing ticker wait. time. I haven't heard Joel at all. I'm like, wow, man. I'm like, these guys interrupt like crazy today. I'm like, what is there? I am trying to figure out. <laughs> Me too. I'm like, I like I say something, and like Spencer is like talking about booking airlines. I'm trying to wondering... give these people these levels. He hasn't in 10 minutes. I can't even I can't even give no, I don't I can't even forget all the levels I gave. I gave you guys so many good levels. You gave all levels for all these stocks too. And and I'm like, oh, well, I guess Joel, I, I, I was wondering where Dennis I was wondering where Joel went. I was I'm like, like, what the hell is going on here? Like, now I think the you old, already left. I don't think that might be here. the longest mute trick in the history of 
of Mutrix. Oh, uh, I don't. I mean, Southwest Airlines. Can you get I mean, talked in any of these airlines? Uh, for no, a bounce I have rate? been bearish airlines before the pandemic. I know I mean, we have, but I know. eventually just, we got to get bullish, don't we? No, why do you have to get bullish? I mean, I don't know. I, don't I feel like know. I've overstayed I mean, my welcome being bearish the airlines. Uh, I, but I mean, I'm not. I, I just. I get stuck on these certain things. I think you need smaller planes. That's why people are asking about Boeing. I still think there's going to be plenty of air travel, but it's, I mean, these big, with, do you want to buy airlines with $82 uh, crude? Unless they're doing some great oh, hedging. Good point there. I mean, are they, you know, unless they're doing some sophisticated hedging. Also, I think, you know, you talk about, you know, behavior. Okay, and change, and you know, yeah, we're coming out. Of, people are like, I'm getting in my car and I'm going somewhere, and I'm going camping, and I'm, you know, I mean, I just, I think the over demand is going to come back. Business travel. Once business travel comes back, when but you can I'm just saying, click do on we Zoom. have this Spencer Israel. I'm booking my flights to go see my family. I haven't, someone haven't seen them in two years. Right. But they didn't do it last Christmas. Do we potentially have that trade? where we get this relief rally into the holiday season. Maybe we're early because yeah. we're still in October, but that's what my argument is, is because these things are sitting near the lows. A lot of them, you know, look at American Airlines. We're at 19 bucks. I mean, the low of the whole move is like $18. I don't think it's going back to $10. Um, it, it just makes me think that maybe, maybe – Maybe we're too early. Trade. Maybe we're too early yet for this holiday season trade. But when Spencer's talking, like, you know, the price tickets going up, I, people are going to travel more this holiday season than they did last. Is there a lower bar in there? Is there so, are the expectations so low for the airlines that it's actually going to be easier for them to get over those expectations? I mean, as long as people aren't like, you know, brawling over, you know, masks and stuff. And, you know, that, I mean, they're changing their, you know, whatever the mandates are. But, I mean, I, I didn't like flying before the pandemic, you know, so it's I'm probably the wrong person to be asking. I mean, it's very convenient when you got to go do things. And I definitely have done it, you know, probably a dozen times, you know, since, you know, since we got out of COVID, it's just, but it's like, it's not in the, I think the business, tra- I, I would say business travel and oil prices are, are two things. That, right, Joel, that Joel before you go, of. before you go, we, we need a dad joke of the day and we need it for yesterday. Also the dad joke of the day. Um, yeah, well, forget this. Uh, this is kind of, and I do this too. Dad's saying that's my little girl, even though their daughter's fully grown. Okay. Okay. Um, dads love to say they want to buy a smoker and learn to smoke meat. Um, you know what? what? Uh, Dude, yeah, that, yeah, I don't know. That is absolutely true. Really? <laughs> I let Lisa do the cooking. I love the grill. I got my tank. I got my propane tank. And then the one over the weekend, dads love camping in a tent in the backyard with the kids. That would not be me. I when we go camping, least we, we don't go camping because Lisa would set up the tent and do all the cooking. But uh, I'm sorry about missing so many symbols. I'm going to hop over to pre-market prep plus and cover them for you all. And uh, get over there. Get over I, there. I'll see you later in the morning. I see. See, Joel. I, I definitely have said I would like to buy a smoker and learn to smoke meat. Um, but I got you. I got you. you got smoker smoke? Wait, wait, Weber. Should we all go along, Weber? I and... want to buy a Weber. Yes, my Weber parents is top they... of the class. No, my wait, parents wait, wait, have wait. this Weber that's like thirty wait, years old, 
and it's still it's still working wow those weber's are good barbecues like i buy a barbecue and like it falls apart after five years because i buy the cheap one american made that's why you're what's going the, for that what's chinese the other one traeger oh i go with the cheap the cheap 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 ones mitch like the, yeah, traeger. the, the walmart slash canadian tire slash special the one that's discounted yeah. from 600 to 300 bucks I'm like that's my barbecue and then like <laughs> after five years it rests out the bottom and just falls apart the weber still goes man i might yeah. get a weber next time yeah let's take a look at let's take, let's take a look at weber versus cook real fast uh they both have what's cook good. what what what's their brand that's traeger oh that's traeger yeah all right they both have not been great since the no episode. they haven't been great I, you know what cook whatever we stopped going down at least on cook i have not that's the first time i've looked at this chart maybe ever so yeah, yeah I, don't. I don't mind 1847 lows there's not enough information it's like 10 days of trading yeah well yeah a couple months of trading but yeah well, it feels like 10 days it feels like 10 days yes okay right. dennis have One a good rest stock. of your morning, and I hope the day. I hope today is a little bit more interesting. Yesterday sounded boring for you, so it was somewhat boring. It was somewhat boring. Somewhat. It can't all be fun days. Hey, earnings tonight, by the way, guys. We got Netflix what? after the close. Um, so what what we're gonna do is um, we're gonna, we'll do the after close show, right? Joel, Joel, and myself, and then at four o'clock, Mitch will hop on. And we're gonna do like a an after close earnings watch party. Uh, we're probably gonna do this every every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday um for the next few weeks um because we've got uh tesla tonight like i said uh, i'm sorry netflix tonight like i said we got tesla tomorrow night thursday night we have snapchat chipotle intel whirlpool um so we we're, we're getting into it now tonight we also have united um intuitive surgical interactive brokers smaller name but people care i care a little bit um so that's what we're gonna do we got we are in it now we are in the earnings i call earnings season game day right you only get four games per year four game days per year um and this is game day for stock market because you actually get to know what these companies are doing so it's exciting time very very fun stuff looking forward to it um what else we got today? We got David Green going live today at his usual time until his usual time. He'll go live from 9.20 to 9.25 to, to 11. Spax Attack has a, a good interview today. They're talking with – oh, my screen just froze. One second. They're talking with Pathfinder um, the or the Pathfinder Acquisition Merger Partner, which is uh, PFDR is your ticker. Service Max is a company that that is merging with PFDR. They're talking with the CEO of Service Max at eleven fifteen today. Thereabouts, we got um, experimenting a little bit with the with the middle of the day a little bit. Uh, if you guys guys caught that yesterday, we're gonna start doing I think longer longer continuous streams, maybe from like eleven to two in the middle of the day. Um, Mitch, myself, Aaron, Bree. So check that check that out. Check that out. Let us know what you think of that. We got the roadmap, our NFT show. Guys, um, the, the the level of heat in the NFT market is just like is dwarfing. Like the stock market is downright boring compared to what's going on in the NFT market. It is insanity. Some people at Benzinga, so like, like one of our uh, video guys, has made like just an insane amount of money on these nfts it's like ridiculous we're doing um, it wrong spencer we're doing it wrong we are doing it very 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 wrong and uh so if you don't know anything that's going on you know you know like what the biggest nfts are i recommend that show 
2 o'clock Eastern time every Tuesday and Thursday right here, youtube.com slash Benzinga TV. Um, those guys are talking with the with the biggest names in, in, in the NFT space. And it is in, I'm telling you, it's insanity. It's like it takes what happened with GameStop on uh, in January and it, it's not, it puts it on steroids. It's ridiculous. Um, at the close, you know, you know that myself, Joel, Mitch. Uh, we'll be on, and then our Cannabis Insider Show at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time today. That's the plan. That's the play. And let me just check up on the chat. I know we missed a lot of tickers. I apologize. We'll cover more of them in the middle of the day in the after-close shows. Um, we're only at 292 likes. Let's get to let's get to 400. I think we can get to 400. I think let's not... We, come on, we we got we got a thousand people watching this. I think we can get four hundred likes. That's a reasonable. I would I would like more than that, but you know, like I said, glass half glass half full kind of guy or glass half empty kind of guy. Four hundred is a low bar to clear. We're at three hundred. Let's get to four, everyone. Let's get to four. Um, hey, as a reminder, I don't say this enough, but Benzinga Pro, right? It's Benzinga's real time news platform. Get a free two week trial. Pro.benzinga.com. I'll put the link up on the screen. If you have any questions about Benzinga Pro, just shoot an email to onboarding at Benzinga.com. Those guys monitor that email 24-7. Again, free two-week trial for everyone. No credit card, nothing needed like that. If you, you try it out, if, if you like it, great. If it's not, that's okay too. Won't take any offense to that. Um oh, you can also use the offer code YouTube20. To get 20% off, by the way. Y-O-U-T-U-B-E-2-0 on the screen there. YouTube 20. Uh, let me check in the chat. What else are we missing? Yeah, onboarding. That's right, Justin. Onboarding at Benzinga.com. You got it right there in the chat. Hey, let me... Uh, I put the link in earlier. I'm going to put it again. Here's the link to the SEC report for those of you who care about such things. Again, even if you were there in January when it happened... And you you follow the story. I still thought it was an interesting read, if only to to get you know the SEC's perspective uh, on on what went down. Um, you know, even though it didn't didn't have any you know world shaking, earth shattering conclusions, it was a nice play by play. It was a nice play by play of what happened. If you don't have no idea what happened, then then read that. It was pretty good play by play, and and. Um, and, and and I thought I thought it was a good read. So so there's the link in chat. Um and that's what I got here. That's what I got. Uh I, I said my PSA about about flying. I'm seriously guys, I'm talking like flights that normally go for 150, 200, going for 500, 600, 700 dollars um between Detroit and, and New York. Um so I don't know if that's a lack of supply or, or or what, or maybe they're just already booked. I have no idea, but maybe <laughs> maybe it's labor. No clue. But um, yeah, uh, Nash and Davenport says that report was trash. It didn't say anything new, right? It didn't say anything new. So that's that's the negative, and it didn't really say any with regards to like the, the major parties at play, right? Robin Hood, Citadel. It didn't say anything that they themselves haven't already said. So in that sense, it really just agreed with with the status quo. So if you were looking for anything new on that front, you you were disappointed in this report, right? It really didn't. It didn't lay the blame on naked short selling. Didn't lay the blame on Citadel, or 
anything like that. So if that's what you're waiting for, then yes, you you surely were disappointed in this report, but 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 a good read otherwise. So um okay. Have a car backup. Yeah, that's maybe a good idea, dude. Towers. I'll just drive there. Ten hour drive. All right. I'm gonna hop off here. It is 9.08. We got David Green going live in 15 or so minutes. This video uh should end and we'll redirect to that stream when it starts. Everyone, um, good luck at the open today. Oh, actually, last thing before I forget is, and I'm sure we'll talk about this tomorrow as well, but there is actually another Bitcoin futures ETF. There's there's two. One opens today. That's ProShares. That's uh, that's uh for a BITO. There's another one from Valkyrie Funds opening tomorrow. That ticker is better. It's BTFD that'll open tomorrow. They do the same thing. They probably have a little bit different fees. I think the the pro shares, the BTIO, the fees 0.95%. So for every thousand dollars you invest, you're paying a fee of nine dollars fifty cents. I think the Valkyrie fee is probably close, but probably a little bit different to that. Um, so BTIO today, BTFD tomorrow, both Bitcoin futures ETF ETFs both do the exact same thing. Really, Ryan. BTFD, really? That is the ticker. BTFD. I am not lying. I guess it makes sense, right? Bit, bit, BTs, Bitcoin, FD could be fun, but we we all know what they really mean, right? Great ticker. Yeah, maybe they get all the all all the assets because of the ticker premium. That's a thing. Um. So okay, I'm done. We're at 379 likes, which is not quite 400 if my math is correct um which is disappointing i gotta say i hope we could get to 400 i think i thought we could i appear to have been wrong um that being said please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes not for investing or trading advice steven btfd stands for buy the f and dip buy the f and dip is what btfd stands for uh and it usually just works that's the way it goes. Uh, okay, that's a wrap. Hit the like button. Hit subscribe. Hey, we got to 400. Thank you very much, everyone. I appreciate that. I'll be back in the office on Monday. I feel good. I'm just waiting to write out the policies of, of the office, apparently. But I'll be back in looking, feeling great. Good to see you guys. David Green going live in 15 or so minutes. And uh, good luck at the Open. Stay green. And uh, yay, go SoFi. Woo, $21. Yay. Did you know nearly all stock price changes of 10% or more result from a single news headline? That's right. News headlines have a unique ability to drive stock prices up or down. These news catalysts create trading opportunities every day. All you need is a little help to reach out and take them. And if you're looking to grow your portfolio, it doesn't matter if your investment budget is small or big. An easy-to-read stream of news headlines will increase your opportunities to profit from price changes in the stock market, consolidate a knowledge-based investment strategy, and grow your portfolio. All you need is Benzinga Pro and its powerful news alerts, price tracking, and portfolio monitoring to make a positive change in your trading performance. We've already helped thousands of retail traders across the world, and they could not be happier. Increase your market knowledge, boost your exposure to big movers, and make informed trades before major price changes. The opportunities are all around you. 
Subscribe now, and we'll skyrocket your portfolio today. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.